I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to Episode 1 in the revised edition of the AIC Christian Education video series, The Nicene Creed. In this series, we seek to enhance the popular understanding of the most important creed of the Church. In this revised edition, I discuss the historical context in which it was developed and offer phrase-by-phrase commentary on the entire text with special emphasis on the scriptural sources. The revised edition includes format changes, many new illustrations from the AIC's Library of Christian Art from the Eastern and Western Church traditions, much of it developed following the revival of the Holy Roman Empire in Europe associated with the coronation of Charlemagne at Rome on Christmas Day in 800 A.D., corrections of citations to reflect changes in the names of several libraries or archive collections, and finally, the incorporation of cross-references to other AIC resources, including our newest series of books, The Gospel of, which are illuminated gospels, one for each of the four gospel authors. In spite of its name, the Nicene Creed, as it is printed in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer American Edition, is actually the product of two of the seven ecumenical councils, the most famous of which is the First Council of Nicaea, which met in 325 A.D., and the second is the Second Ecumenical Council, also known as the First Council of Constantinople, which met in 381 A.D. Viewers should understand that the word ecumenical in this context does not mean that the entire church was represented at each of the seven meetings. It means that the decisions of these seven councils were accepted by the church both in the Western and Eastern church traditions and are now doctrines of the church universal. The title illustration is a large and remarkably beautiful tempera and gold-on panel icon made in Russia in the 19th century as part of an iconostasis at Intercession Cathedral with illustrations of scenes in the life of Jesus Christ. The vendor does not specify which of the four intercession cathedrals in Russia that in which the original can be found. In later episodes, details from scenes in the icon will be used to illustrate phrases in the Nicene Creed. Easily identified scenes are the crucifixion and ascension, Jesus as the agent of the Father in the creation of Adam and Eve and at their expulsion from the garden in the top right quadrant, and the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem symbolizing the life to come at bottom center. The musical theme for the series is Reginald Heber's stirring Trinitarian hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, played to the tune Nicaea, composed by John B. Dykes. Heber was Bishop of Calcutta at the time of his death in 1826 A.D. at the age of 42. The hymn is number 266 in the AIC bookstore publication, The St. Chrysostom Hymnal, 
available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www. Anglican Internet Church, which takes you to my author central page at https colon slash slash www.amazon.com slash author slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. The words to the second half of verse four say, holy, 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 exclamation point, merciful and mighty, period. God in three persons, blessed trinity. The opening music was performed on the organ in England by Richard M.S. Irwin, and I thank Richard for granting the AIC permission to use his music, and I encourage viewers to visit his site on the web, https colon right slash right slash play dot hymnswithoutwords.com, where he offers this and much more for the use of local parishes. The word creed is rooted in the Latin verb credere, which means to believe. Contrary to many popular modern theories in the last two centuries, creeds such as the Nicene Creed and its sister creed, the Apostles' Creed, are not the cause of heresies. In fact, heresies existed as a threat to traditional Christian doctrine almost from the beginning of the church, long before either of the two official creeds was written. There are excellent reference books available explaining the beliefs of each of the heresies, major and minor, which threatened the church universal in the early years of the church. In this series, I present the major heresies of the first six centuries in the life of the church in only summary form. How they were addressed by the church will be discussed in this episode and later episodes of the series. Many modern-day heresies express variations of one or more of these doctrines. In the late 1st and 2nd centuries, it was Gnosticism. The Gnostics, or the knowing ones, a word based on a Greek verb which means to know, believed themselves possessors of secret knowledge which only they could explain. It was most likely the Gnostics to whom St. John referred in his epistles. Late in the 2nd century, the threat shifted to Montanism, which, like Gnosticism, claimed exclusive possession of secret knowledge outside the mainstream of Christian belief handed down from the apostles. In the 2nd and 3rd centuries, the threat shifted to three heresies, the first of which is called Docetism, from a Greek word meaning to appear to, and followers of Docetism argued that Jesus of Nazareth only appeared to, die upon the cross. The advocates of the second of the three heresies of this period were called the Ebionites, a group which was largely Jewish and which accepted Jesus as Messiah, but rejected his divinity and advocated both the continuation of the Mosaic law and the imitation of the practices of John the Baptist, especially voluntary poverty. 
And finally, third, was Marcionism, a doctrine supported by a group of followers of Marcion of Rome who believed that the vengeful God of the Old Testament was not the same God as the God of the New Testament. In the 4th century, at the time of the Council of Nicaea, the primary heresy which threatened the church was Arianism, named after Arius, a presbyter from Alexandria. Arius believed that Jesus was a created being and not begotten of the Father. I will discuss Arianism in more detail in the discussion of the text of the Nicene Creed. Finally, in the 5th and 6th centuries, there is the Monophysites, who refused to accept the decision of the Council of Chalcedon in 451 AD that Jesus Christ was both wholly human and wholly divine. The Monophysite heresy still exists in some of the Eastern churches. The three-century-old hostile relationship between the church and the Roman Empire changed in the fourth century. The change agent was Constantine, the former governor at York in northern Britain, who proclaimed himself emperor in 306 A.D. He was at war with a rival claimant until the victory at the Battle of the Milvian Bridge outside Rome in 312 A.D. The night before the battle, Constantine saw a vision in the sky in the form of a cross and heard the message in the voice from heaven saying, By this sign conquer. He added the cross to his banners and after winning the victory, made the slogan his own. In the illustration, the message is inscribed on the base of the statue of Constantine at Yorkminster, England, made by sculptor Philip Jackson in 1998 A.D. Constantine converted to Christianity and reversed the empire's long-standing persecution of the church in the Edict of Milan in 313 A.D., which made Christianity a legal religion within the empire. He also created a second capital of the empire at Byzantium, west of the Straits of the Bosporus, later named in his honor Constantinople, and called Istanbul since the start of the Turkish Republic in 1923 A.D. The Byzantine Empire was ruled from Constantinople, named after the Emperor Constantine, from the 4th century until the fall of Constantinople on the 29th of May, 1453 A.D. The consequences to Christianity in Asia Minor and North Africa as a result of the fall of Constantinople, are discussed in the AIC Christian Education video series, The War on Christianity, in Episode 5. As the first Christian emperor, Constantine wearied at the inability of the bishops of the religion he had adopted to counter the major heresy of his time, Arianism. A man of action, he called a church council, 
now known as the First Ecumenical Council, commanding it to resolve the Arian dispute as well as settle other doctrinal and liturgical issues, including the date of Easter. To reduce the influence of the empire's secular authorities at Constantinople, he chose for the meeting the remote resort city of Nicaea, now known as Iznik, Turkey, which is about 43 miles straight-line distance southeast of Constantinople, but accessible only by a combination sea and land voyage of at least two days. The illustration shows the location of Nicaea, and the larger city and bishopric and the regional capital, Nicomedia, now Izmit, and Constantinople. In the illustration, I have superimposed these cities and towns on a 20th century map of northwestern Turkey, plus parts of modern Greece and Bulgaria. In the 4th century, at the time of the Council of Nicaea, the region around Nicaea was known as Bithynia. Nicaea, located at the eastern end of the 30-mile-long freshwater lake, which was 850 feet above the sea and called Lake Ascania, also called Ascanius. The Turkish name is now Lake Iznik. Nicaea was founded by Greeks three centuries before Christ. Most of the city's extensive protective wall survives today including the Istanbul Gate, shown in the illustration. Historians believe that Constantine may have invited over 1,800 bishops to the meeting at Nicaea, including representatives of the churches in the east, with the most important jurisdictions or seas at the time being the Sea of Jerusalem, the Sea of Antioch, and the Sea of Alexandria, and in the Western Church, the See of Rome. According to Eastern Church tradition, based upon the contemporary record of Athanasius of Alexandria, the Council of Nicaea was attended by 318 bishops and priests, nearly all from the Eastern Church, and hundreds of deacons and scribes and other church workers, plus two or three deacons sent by the Bishop of Rome, who was not himself present. Other accounts put the number at around 250. Traditional icons of the Council of Nicaea use the figure 318. A later bishop of Rome, Leo the Great, proclaimed that although the Roman Pope was not present for the Council, he regarded its decisions as having the authority of Scripture. Among those present at the First Council of Nicaea were many who became the most prominent churchmen of their day. Many of their names are long forgotten, but among those whose names are still remembered today are Athanasius of Alexandria, then only a youthful deacon and aide to his bishop, Alexander, but who himself later became bishop of Alexandria. Eusebius of Caesarea, whose later ecclesiastical history of the church is among the first and most important records of the early church. And finally, Nicholas of Myra, the inspiration for St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus as he is called now, 
who is said to have slapped Arius in the face during the council and been temporarily removed from his office by Constantine. Two of these important figures are remembered in the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, a second series. Athanasius of Alexandria, whose feast day is May 2nd, is celebrated in episode 16. And Nicholas of Myra, whose feast day is December 6th, is celebrated in episode 3. Episodes are linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. The Council of Nicaea met at the Sinatus Palace on the western end or lake end of the town on Lake Isnik. The building may have been one of many destroyed during the major earthquakes in the area in both the 4th and the 8th century. The illustrations are a 19th century drawing of Nicaea and the view of the lake drawn by Gaud and published in the tour guide Les Tours du Monde, printed in Paris in 1864 A.D. and showing the ruins of the city at that time. And an aerial photograph from the ruins of an unidentified 6th century basilica unknown until its discovery in shallow water in Lake Isnik in 2014 A.D. The meetings at the palace, according to tradition, presided over by Hosius of Cordoba, one of the Roman church's delegates, went on for many months without resolution of the Arian dispute over the nature of God the Father and his relationship to God the Son. According to church historian Eusebius, it was the emperor Constantine who had called the council out of frustration over differences in doctrine, who offered the solution which ended the deadlock. And I'll discuss that in more detail later in the series. While the Council of Nicaea made many important doctrinal decisions, including the date of Easter and whether self-castrated clergy could continue in office, the balance of this series is focused exclusively on the words of the Nicene Creed as used today in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, but which is actually the text, as I observed earlier, of the Creed as amended at Constantinople in 381 AD and reaffirmed at all the later ecumenical councils. The sole exception is the filioque, or procession clause, a later change which will be discussed in another episode. Other AIC resources mentioned in this episode can be accessed on demand 24-7 from our website www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. You can watch this and other videos in the Bible study, Christian education, and other video categories from links on the Bible study or digital library pages. Or, if you prefer, you can listen to podcast versions of all our videos using the links on the podcast archive page. You can also listen to podcast homilies on the readings in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer using links on the podcast homilies page, 
Or finally, you can acquire and read any AIC bookstore publication using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage. The link takes you to my Author Central page. Nearly all our books are available in both paperback and Kindle editions. The direct dedicated link to that site is https colon slash slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after the dot com must be in lowercase letters. Please note that 100% of all AIC bookstore royalties are contributed to the Anglican Internet Church. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.